Hi! You're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about how to choose the best music for your workout playlist and why learning more about a new disease won't comfort you. We'll also answer a listener question about how to clean your phone. Let's satisfy some curiosity. What makes a great workout song exactly? If I were to play a couple of clips of music for you, which do you think would get you more pumped up? Would it be this one? Or this one? (laughs) I always love to have tuba and banjo in my workout playlist. Yeah. All right, so it's probably pretty obvious which one of these you'd rather have in your ears when you're going for a run or pumping iron. But why exactly? Well, according to two new recent studies, it's because songs with higher tempos and heavy bass can actually make you feel more powerful and less fatigued. One study focused on how a song's tempo affected athletes' heart rates and perceived exertion, or their sense of how hard they'd worked. Participants in this study did two different types of workouts, a brisk walk and a leg press, either in silence or with one of three different tempos of pop music. The faster the music, it turned out, the easier the workout felt. The participants' heart rates also rose as the music tempo did, which means that workouts to faster songs might actually be better for your health. Of course, it depends a bit on the workout. The researchers found that up-tempo music helped more with the walking, a low-intensity endurance exercise, than the leg press, a high-intensity resistance exercise. The researchers think this might be because endurance exercise is a sort of long-haul activity that requires you to distract yourself from discomfort and regulate your mood, two things that music does really well. High-intensity exercise, like weightlifting, on the other hand, is more of a short, all-out activity that doesn't require as much mental regulation. Now let's look at the second study. This one looked at what kind of music could evoke a sense of power, a pretty helpful feeling when you're pumping iron or pounding the pavement. The researchers found that people who had listened to songs with heavy bass lines and a strong underlying beat reported feeling more powerful and filled in more power-related terms in a fill-in-the-blank exercise compared to people who listened to songs with minimal bass. The participants weren't working out, sure, but the research is still important. Feeling powerful urges people to take on bigger challenges, which can translate into more vigorous workouts. So overall, science confirms it. Your workout playlist is important. It can make you feel powerful and make your workout feel easier. This also means that if you always exercise to the same old playlist or in silence, you might want to try changing it up. Your workout could be better for it. Stop scrolling and listen up. Learning more about a new disease like COVID-19, will not satisfy you. A new study in the journal Risk Analysis found that those who rated themselves as very knowledgeable about a new infectious disease were also more likely to believe they didn't know enough. So consuming more and more information about a disease won't comfort you. This study didn't focus on the virus behind COVID-19, but on Zika virus, which is a mosquito-borne disease whose most recent outbreak started in 2015. The World Health Organization declared it a global health threat in 2016. Although most infected people showed no symptoms, the virus increased the chances for those who were pregnant to have a child with severe birth defects. 
The parallels between Zika and COVID-19 are striking. Health experts at the time didn't know much about Zika, much like our situation with COVID-19 now. Zika virus also received lots of media coverage, just like COVID-19 is right now. In the study, researchers from The Ohio State University wanted to get a better understanding of how people seek and process information in times of great uncertainty. They surveyed about 500 people of childbearing age from Florida, which had the most locally transmitted cases in the country at the time. The survey included questions about whether they planned to seek information about Zika and where they would go for it, how much they knew already and how much they still needed to learn, and how worried they were about being infected. The biggest takeaway was that people who thought they knew more about this new uncertain disease were also more likely to think that their level of knowledge wasn't enough. They were also more likely to say they planned to look for more information, basically feeding a hunger for knowledge that could never be satisfied. So why do we do this to ourselves? It may be because our brains hate uncertainty. In studies, people who are told they'll get an electric shock are actually more calm than the people who are told they only have a 50% chance of being shocked. Another study showed that people will actually pay for certainty, even if the answer doesn't change their decisions afterward. Searching for COVID-19 information might just be a search for certainty. And I hate to break it to you, but there isn't any to be found. So stop. Think about what you know and remember that you can't know everything. These are uncertain times and a lot is out of our control. But one thing we can control is how we react. If you find yourself stressing and obsessing, take a break, read a book, and calm your mind. The internet will always be there when you get back. Particularly important information to remember now that the weekend is here, and there's probably a lot fewer options for you to get out and about this weekend. Try not to be on your phone the whole time, please. We got a listener question on our new studio line. Here's the question. Hi, guys. It's Linda in Ithaca, New York. I just read a Wired uh, story, How to Clean Your Smartphone the Right Way, 3-4-2020, and it's about like how you disinfect your phone, but it says don't use Clorox wipes and all these things that are excessive. Basically, it just says wipe it off with a microfiber cloth. I don't know how that is supposed to clean off germs. Because, well, you could add warm and soapy water if, if, you know, if you want, but... It basically makes it sound like just wiping off your phone gets, gets rid of germs, but I don't think so. Anyway, I'd love to uh, get an answer, so thanks a lot. I hope y'all are doing really well, and I'm just having a blast listening to the podcast. Take care. Bye-bye. Great question, Linda. I've definitely wondered this myself. Unfortunately, I can't tell you that wiping your phone screen with a cloth is actually going to purify it of viruses or bacteria. As far as I can tell... Using a cloth to clean your phone is just a compromise on the part of the phone manufacturers. It'll wipe off as much of the nasty stuff as possible without damaging the marvel of material science that is your screen. But to be fair, most of the time, that's all you really need. That's because the microbes on your phone are usually the same ones that are already on you. A 2014 study found that 81% of the most common species of microbe on a given person's mobile device was also found on their skin. But if scarier bugs do land on your smartphone, a damp cloth is better than nothing. 
A study in 2013 actually found that iPads wiped down with a moistened microfiber cloth harbored less C. difficile bacteria than iPads cleaned with alcohol wipes. So if you want to clean your phone, a damp cloth does a pretty good job. Of course, things are different right now, and pretty good may not be good enough. There's a coronavirus pandemic racing across the world, and everyone's doing their best to wash their hands, sanitize surfaces, and avoid becoming a disease vector themselves. After all, a recent analysis found that other coronaviruses can survive on surfaces for up to nine days, but they're easily inactivated with a solution of at least 62% alcohol. The problem is that your phone can easily be damaged by harsh or abrasive cleaners like alcohol. That's especially true of the screen, which is made with an oleophobic or oil-repellent coating that can wear off after a while. If you damage your phone with a cleaning product that the manufacturer hasn't deemed safe, you may void your warranty. Luckily, the largest phone manufacturers have loosened their guidelines on what counts as safe to use. On March 9th, Apple announced that it's okay to use an alcohol wipe or a Clorox disinfecting wipe. Google says that you can use ordinary household soap or cleaning wipes. Just be gentle. Don't scrub, avoid getting moisture in the ports, and don't use any sprays. If you're really worried, you can even shell out for a UV phone sanitizer. But to get the best of both worlds, that is, keep your phone clean without damage, just use a case you can clean separately and a screen protector you can wipe down with bleach and change when you need to. And even if you're constantly cleaning your phone, it's important to keep it out of the bathroom and off of unknown surfaces and avoid putting it up to your face whenever possible. Oh, and one more thing. Wash your hands. Thanks for your question, Linda. If you have a question, send it in to podcast at curiosity.com or give us a call at 312-596-5208. One more time, that number is 312-596-5208. Before we recap what we learned today, what a roller coaster it was this week, wasn't it, Ashley? <laughs> it felt like every week these days feels like a year. It's wild. It seems impossible to keep up with how fast the news is changing about COVID-19. And we're really trying to be your escape from that ever-changing news cycle and just delve into the bigger picture things like how do viruses work? Like, how do people react when there's a crisis? Some of those human psychology, general science topics that just make you smarter about the world in general and also happen to apply to COVID-19. Yeah, that are particularly relevant right now, I think. Absolutely. So we're going to keep doing that. I'm going to keep expecting to have a baby. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to keep wishing Ashley happy birthday today because it's your birthday. It is. Oh, my gosh. This is the worst time to have a birthday. Although, you know, um, I hope I'm pronouncing it right. But Shiryu Patel on Twitter pointed out that you know who else had a birthday in quarantine, Cody? Who? None other than Neil Armstrong. Because when what? he got back, when, when the astronauts got back from the Apollo 11 moon landing, NASA wasn't sure if they were bringing back like space microbes that could kill everyone on earth so they had to stay in quarantine for about three weeks and neil armstrong had his birthday on august 5th and he didn't get out of quarantine until august 10th whoa there you go yeah so i'm basically neil armstrong <laughs> yeah basically well happy birthday enjoy celebrating in relative isolation but still hopefully you know we at least have the internet to connect you to your friends we do i'm gonna have a virtual party on friday and uh, i'm gonna order there's a really nice restaurant in my neighborhood that's doing a special takeout menu 
that's, you know, safe to do. I'm not going to be eating in a restaurant. I'm just going to pick it up, wash my hands and have some lovely food. Good times. And hey, we're going to talk about a lot of really fun things next week as well on Curiosity Daily. That's right. Next week, you'll learn about how powerful World War I helmets really were, the first animal scientists have ever discovered that doesn't breathe oxygen, ways to ease traumatic memories, and more. Okay, so now let's recap what we learned today. Well, we learned that songs with higher tempos can make you feel less fatigued, and songs with heavy bass can make you feel more powerful. So maybe use those as a couple life hacks when you hopefully are able to work out a little bit this weekend. I know there are maybe some fewer options of things to do this weekend with lots of things closed. So maybe if you're able to like go out for a run or lift or something, it'd be good to put this to use and see what happens. Look, I am never the type to make anyone run if they don't want to, but <laughs> I'm going to say running is the perfect sport for right now because you can do it alone. You can do it away from people. You don't have to touch anything. It's if you've ever wanted to start running, now is the time. There you go. And I learned that learning more about a disease won't comfort you, Ashley, because people <laughs> <laughs> because because your brain just wants certainty and this is not a certain situation. So it's totally fine to just shut down Twitter and stop reading the news. Maybe go directly to a news site and read a few articles in the morning and then cut yourself off. Only if it's stressing you out, of course, but it is stressing me out for sure. <laughs> yeah, the information overload is real. I think I've been keeping busy by just working pretty much nonstop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for sure. Yeah. And we learned that if you want to clean your phone screen, just use a soft wipe. That'll do the trick most of the time. But if you want to use bleach or something heavier, get a screen protector. Don't want to avoid that warranty. Always check the warranty of your phone before you do that kind of stuff. Today's stories were written by Ashley Hamer, Steffi Drucker, and Mae Rice, and edited by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily and the birthday girl. Yay! Give her a shout out on Twitter. Today's episode was produced and edited by Cody Goff. Have a great weekend and join us again Monday to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. Stay curious.